It's really lovely to have you with me again here today. We're going to be talking about some important topics, an important subject. Um, I might want to warn you that it's going to be shocking maybe. It's a hard conversation to have, but I assure you it will, it will be beautiful and, and powerful and moving. Uh, it might also be quite triggering and painful for many of you. I'm sorry, but I want you to know before we even begin that um, I care, we care. And it's the reason why I wanted to have the conversation with you today. You see, I wanted to learn more about a really awful topic that I discovered lately is a blind spot for me. I don't know nearly enough about it. Today I'm talking to a very beautiful woman about the very ugly world of sex trafficking. Why am I doing that? Well, on the news the other day I heard in Georgia, US Marshals found 39 kids aged 7 to 18 and all of them had been trafficked. 39 kids in in one place and it just hit me who are these children how did this happen to them how long have they been being abused where were they taken from where were they keeping them what on earth were they doing to these children where are their parents do, do they miss them do they do they know are they crazy with worry where will these kids go if they're not it just it blew my mind and so Oh, well, after that I saw uh, a woman being led out in handcuffs. There were other people involved. But for some reason just seeing a woman and knowing that she was involved in this, I just I don't know how anyone can do it to anyone, let alone a child. But seeing that a, a woman was involved in this, it just kind of blew my mind a bit, really broke my heart. So I started Googling uh, sex trafficking. I mean, we all know about sex trafficking, right? No. No, we don't. We don't know nearly the half of it. It is overwhelming, the magnitude of this. It's a cancer. It's horrific. I dare you to Google it. It's way out of hand. And for me, I know I speak for myself, of course, but I'm a little too blissfully unaware of its reality. So I wanted to do a podcast about it. I wanted to talk about it, start more conversations if possible, and just see if we can shed a light on this massive industry. It's a business and it's a very lucrative one, especially during this global pandemic. Business is booming. I heard someone say, why deal drugs when you have to keep making new drugs to sell them? This product you can just sell over and over again. I wanted to vomit. From the rotting Jeffrey Epsteins of this world all the way down to the desperate opportunists who are taking advantage of people, whole families in some instances who simply can't afford food or shelter anymore right now since COVID-19 swept through their town. They've got nowhere else to go but turn into the arms of these traffickers. It's like, look, while we're looking over here, all these assholes are stealing our children over there. It makes me sick. Allow me for a few moments just to share with you some of the really horrible facts. 
close your ears if you're squeamish or please open them wide and listen and learn with me and soon learn from my lovely guests too so that we can all know what this looks like so we can actually do something about stopping it. Okay, so here's what I learned. In Pakistan, there are 2 million victims of sex trafficking. There are 3 million victims in China. And in India, there's more than 14 million victims. 14 million. There are these things they call hotspots, yuck, in North Korea, Libya, Yemen, Iran, Kuwait, Eritrea, the list goes on. Everywhere and anywhere there's an economic and government instability, you're going to find a hotspot. And don't think that it's just happening somewhere over there. In 2019, a report revealed that the top three most prolific countries for sex trafficking were Mexico, the Philippines, and the good old United States of America. It is rife here. Don't you feel left out, Australia? It's happening there at home too. Don't you worry about that. We kind of sort of need to come to terms with the fact that human trafficking, sex trafficking, the enslavement of other human beings for the monetary and personal gain for other people is happening. It's happening in some way. It's happening probably on your block, maybe right even underneath your nose. In America, a child is abducted in the United States every 40 seconds. Every 40 seconds. Then this is just in America alone that I'm talking about. There's almost half a million children who are missing, just missing. Half a million. Every year, more than 10,000 children are sold into the commercial sex trade industry. Sold. Commercial. Sex trade. Children. The average age of these children is 13 to 14 years old. And on average, these children are forced to have sex more than five times a day. This happens to young girls and young boys, non-binary youth, teenagers, adults, babies who are born to sex trafficking. It's really any at-risk youth, but really black and brown children are four times more likely to be trafficked. What does that tell you? Now keep in mind, um, if you were listening, my last guest, Tahera Renee Christie, she was living at home with her mother and being trafficked right under her mother's nose for years. Just some little earworms there for you to think about. How would you even know it was if it was happening on your corner? Maybe it is. Anyway, not to depress you, because all this led me down the dark path, of course, and somewhere along the way, a light appeared. And that light came in the form of a delightful young lady. I sound like a grandmother when I say that. This nice young lady's come to talk on my show. <laughs> She's my guest today. And she is delightful. Her name is Isabella Grosso. Isabella is the author of a brand new book that she penned. It's called Natasha's Not My Name. This book shares her experiences of child sex abuse. She is a beautiful dancer. She's Juilliard trained and Alvin Ailey and Debbie Allen. And she's worked with some little known stars like Lady Gaga, like Justin Timberlake, like Rihanna. Never heard of them. I hope they do well. She is the subject of a brand new documentary coming out very soon, uh, which sheds a light on her extraordinary work with her own nonprofit, which she called She Is. It's an organization 
that she created to help survivors of sex abuse and sex trafficking through the healing art of dance. Isabella Grosso is many things. She is powerful. She's graceful. She's a survivor. And I'm so happy that she is here with me today. Please welcome Isabella Grosso. Yay! <laughs> Shall I play the cheer for you? Yes, I love it. Sorry, flowers. <laughs> oh, thank you. Yeah, thank you for having me. I was so, so happy to come across you when I started to, yeah, you can move that microphone yeah, like, wherever just, you like. Okay, there. Yeah, it is, I know, it's a bit weird. Mm-hmm. It's a bit weird to be with people. With, I haven't oh, been I with people. I don't know what I should touch you or like. Yeah, I know. It's it's the new normal, I guess. It's really hard because I love hugging people. Yeah. You know, so it's just like really yeah. hard not to like have that connection because I feel like a little touch on your shoulder, a of hug course. or anything like that. So it's clear you're a lover. Yeah. You do plenty of things in the world and you're, you know, doing a lot to fight sex trafficking. I wanted to learn as much as I could about it because mm-hmm. I felt stupid. When mm-hmm. I was looking at all this stuff on the internet, I felt, oh, what was that? That's okay. <laughs> yeah. I know it's fine. <laughs> you can grab it if you want to. Um, I felt silly when I was looking on the internet. I'd, I mean, I'd never, I'd never done a deep dive Google search on sex trafficking. I don't think it's something that pe- people do on a, on a general basis. Mm-hmm. And I, I, felt, I felt really inadequate uh, that I, I didn't know what the hell was going on. It, it was it was shocking. Mm-hmm. What what do we need to know? What, what don't we know? What should we be knowing? And uh, just give us a little lesson on on how horrific this situation really is in the world that you know. Yeah, well, I, it's not stupid, so don't feel stupid. It's just something that we don't talk about. We don't educate ourselves about what's going on when it comes to sexual abuse or sex trafficking. People are afraid to have this conversation because it makes you feel uncomfortable. And I don't think it's something that we should feel uncomfortable talking about. I think it's something that we really need to know because it does happen. You know, it happens all over the world. It happens in the United States. It happens more, you know, the hot spots that you were talking about. It happens in Los Angeles, Texas, and New York. It's like the, the major cities of where it happens. And we don't realize it because we're not educated about this. Now is the time that everybody's getting to know about what's going on when it comes to Wayfair and exposing children that way, which... You might need to clarify for some of our listeners what that is. So there was a thing that came out on Instagram and social media and stuff like that where my friends were sending me like, oh my God, they're selling kids on Wayfair. Wayfair is like a furniture... Yeah, I get my furniture there. So, (laughs) you know, I was like, That's some good stuff. So, you know, instead of like reposting it and stuff like that. I really want to educate myself and, you know, my whole team, the She Is team, we really want to mm. educate ourselves about what's going on because people are like, who don't really know the situation or like, oh my God, they're selling children on Wayfair. I think me personally, somebody hacked in Wayfair and did that because they're not going to post it on Wayfair. Right. You know what I mean? There's the black market. There's, you know, the underground web where... Were they really selling children, though, using the guise of Wayfair, or this was just a gag? I think, honestly, it was something that somebody put in Wayfair to raise awareness about this issue, that it does happen. Children go missing. So then it worked. So, yeah, because now we're like, wait, what's going on? I don't think that it was, they were really selling kids on Wayfair. Like I said, you know, there's the black market, there's the underground web where you can purchase it. So, it happens so much that people don't realize, and I think... We need to talk to our children about 
you know, we talk about dare, you know, about yeah. drugs and stuff like that. Uh -huh. Well, what about stranger danger? Why don't we talk more about what, who you're leaving your kids with, you know, mm -hmm. really make sure because, you know, when I was, when I was abused at five years old, it started at five years old throughout my whole childhood. If your parents don't do anything about it, if they don't protect you, if they don't tell you that's wrong or, you know, get there, like I should have gotten therapy, right? but I didn't get therapy. So it predator knows if you put kids in the, in a playgrounds, it's like the predator can seek out and know the vulnerable, you know, it's yeah, like they a go to radar night, for it. You know what I mean? So they know who to talk to. They know who to lure in and you know, the process starts. People think trafficking is a stranger who automatically steals you. It's not like that, no, huh? No, it's not like that at all. It's somebody who you get to know, and it can be a girl at school that you meet, and she's, like, popular, and you want to be friends with her, and then all of a sudden, you know, you start hanging out with her more, and she start, you know, she's paying for things. She takes you to a party. You really get to trust her and feel like, oh, this is my friend. And then maybe you go to a party, and then all of a sudden, she has guys there who take her away. And, you know, end up in a strip club, end up getting traffic somewhere across the world. Good God. And this happens all the time, and we don't know about it. And, you know, and it's really hard. So that's why I was saying we really need to educate ourselves about what's going on and, and you know, and talk to our kids. And this is happening a lot online, too, right? We, we, we're that, we've, hopefully you've seen what's been, you know, going on a bit in the news and stuff more and more, but you know, fake accounts mm -hmm. and pretending to be somebody else and then let's meet up and you never see that child again. Especially out here in LA because I'm a professional dancer. From my experience, um, being abused, obviously I don't have that much self-worth, self-esteem. Like I feel like nobody protected me. So it's like, why do I care what happens to me at a young <sighs> age? So my cousin was... Um, She's my cousin by marriage. She actually grooms me. and She groomed you? She grooms me. So hang on. What does that mean? So grooming is essentially if you're a vulnerable child Good God. who doesn't have parents there to protect them. Grooming means it's a process of like, oh, you know, I would never do anything to hurt you. How, old, you how much older was she than you? Oh, she, so I was, the grooming started at 11, and she was, I think, in her 30s, and she has two kids herself. I know, it's insane. And it's, you know, we're family. So hold on, she was making money from turning you out? So let me dive deeper into it. So um, my parents separated when I was... 12, 13 years old. So and where were you? You were, where were you born? In the valley. Okay. You're, so you're born and raised California I'm, girl. Yeah, I know. Hey. I, yay valley. You're like, like <laughs> the, the 18th I've met in the 10 years I've been here. Really? I'm counting. I know. I'm a rare breed. You really are. Yeah. Everybody like flees out here and then, no. Oh. He, he drew unicorn horn. I could hardly <laughs> see it. Oh, it's there. So um, my parents separated and ended up moving with my mom and her family to Huntington Beach. Mm -hmm. So that's where my cat, my cousin was. And, you know, my mom being a single mom and it's only me, um, my family, her family was out there to watch over me. So my cousin, I hung out with her a lot. She was somebody that I looked up to. I loved her. She was beautiful. She reminds me of Sofia Vergara. Good God. And, you know, she'd pick me up from school and she would always say, you know, like, 
because I didn't have that much like clothes or I would wear the same thing all the time. Yeah. Like, you need to have like nicer clothes. Like, why do you dress up like that to school? Like, you just, you look just so trashy and, um, you know, you should get your nails done. You so just, putting you down? Yeah, she would put me down, but I'm only doing this because I love you. Dang it. You know, and that's what a lot of kids. So if you trust somebody yes. and like you say something negative, but then you're like, but I love you and I'll always be there for you. Relying and also, like, on yeah. them. Yeah. So then you call, you get codependent on them and mm-hmm. you, you want that affection. You just want somebody to really essentially love you. Oh, yeah. So at 15 years old, she took me to my very first strip club and I had a fake idea at this time. And she was like, well, what do you think of this beautiful girl in the club? And, you know, talking me into it. I'm like, I don't know, but you see all these men like looking at her and admiring her. And I never had anybody. I mean, I'm a child, but I never really had anybody look at me like that. Yeah. So my 16th birthday, I ended up working in a strip club. So I was in high school. I was a junior and senior in high school. Were you a dancer yet? Yeah, I've been a dancer my whole life. So it seemed to be some kind of progression that made sense in your mind. Yeah. Um, I should have even, sorry, I should have even said this. You know, being abused at five years old when I told my parents and nothing happened and it continued with seven different people. Dance was honestly the only time where I can actually connect with my body and make me feel like, okay, this is mine. This is my body and feel the music and have fun because you don't even have to be a professional dancer. If you hear a song that you like, you just feel instantly good. Your endorphins and just like you have this like connection. And I just love dance. Of course. So, um, Wait, what, what, what's, what, can I ask, where was your mum? How did this even happen? Like, I, I guess I want to know that if I was ever in a situation where I had a little five-year-old girl living next to me with a single mum mm-hmm. and I didn't know that this stuff was happening, mm-hmm. I would want to know what the signs were so I could do something about it. Um, well, I, when I was five, my parents were still together. It wasn't until later on okay. that my parents separated. But your child's behavior, so... Um, being very disconnected with um, activities and stuff like that. Dance was the only thing that really connected me, but, you know, being way more emotional, having nightmares. Uh, When I would go to school, I would scream, I would yell because I didn't want to go to school. So these signs are there. And it's not like when you're a child, you hide what you're feeling. You're very expressive. You're a rebel. You know, like I wanted to get in fights all the time. My language my demeanor, like everything shifted so much. Okay. So that's why it's like, you see your child changed instantly. Why wouldn't you think to take care of them or protect them? And so why didn't your mom, what was going on for her? My parents were going through their own thing and you know, so. She had no space. My parents were just, I told my dad when I was younger and when I saw the pain in his eyes, I knew that I never wanted to bring it up ever again. He just couldn't so, handle it? No, he couldn't handle it. And Come on. I'm here like... Are you kidding? Yeah. Have you... Do you don't have to answer this, but have mm-hmm. you spoken to your parents about this and cleared anything up with that, or is that still just a wound? We honestly don't talk about it, but they know that I started, a, you know, a nonprofit based on my experiences, and I talk about it and stuff like that, and they're very supportive, but this is something that we never really talk about. <sighs> I know. It's like... Do you think they hold a big concrete weight on their heart about it? Absolutely, they do. I think they're ashamed that they didn't do the things that they were supposed to do. Plus, sure. back then, you know, nobody oh. ever talked about it. No. So, 
it was just something that nobody ever discussed. And, and so you said there was seven? Mm -hmm. Are these still family members? So the first one was a family friend's. The other ones were babysitters, and the other one was my cousin. So it's like a magnet. Yeah. Once it starts, then it's like a bee to honey. I want to be sick. I know. The trainings that I do, this is what parents should do. Even if it happens once and you find out, you have to tell them, you know, what happened. Tell me exactly who did it. There's this no shame happen. for the parents. There's no shame. No, you they, have to. Unless they do something about it. Yeah, if you tell them, they have to be like, you know, what happened? Tell me the details. Yeah. Who did it? I'm going to protect you. This is never going to happen again. I you love train you. train parents in this way? You train this language? Yeah, you have to. You have to. That's, that's, I you don't have, have any to. kids in my own, but that's yeah. what I know that you should have done. If if they would have took initiative, uh -huh. if they would have been like, okay, we're going to do something about it. This is never going to happen to you. I'm sorry. I love you. Of course. It's just education, right? To yeah. know what your option could be. It's beautiful. Yeah. I'm so thrilled that you're doing that. There's such a place for that. Good God. Yeah. Oh, God, wow. I know, it was a lot already. This is crazy. I think I must have lived under a pumpkin patch or something in Australia because this was just never in my periphery even. Yeah. Mm -hmm. I mean, it's happening in the, happening you know all around the world now, but I just can't even understand, you know, what that must have been like for you. Mm -hmm. um, dance. Was it for me? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> the power of like a, you know, a human survival is to go, da, 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 yeah, yes. yeah. You know, really disassociating yourself from course. what happened and just connect to the movement of dance, I feel like. Yeah. Um, so the strip club. So the strip club. So 16 years old, my cousin took me to the club and she's like, this is what you're going to do to make money. And I'm, and although I felt very uncomfortable and I didn't want to do it, again, she would grab my hand and tell me, I would never do anything to hurt you. Like, I love you. Don't you want to have, you know, don't you want to live in a nice place? Don't you want to have nice clothes? You know, shouldn't you, aren't you embarrassed walking around in the same shoes every single day and living, me and my mom lived in a motel for a little bit. She's like, living in a motel and you know, not having the finer things in life. And to me, I didn't really care about those things back then. Now I get it. Like a lot of teenagers, we do care about those things. But back then it's just like, I don't know. So, um, so I started stripping and, you know, I'd go to school. I was a junior in high school. She would pick me up, take me to the club. You and weren't living with her. No, I wasn't living with her. I was living with my mom, but my mom was working constantly. To support you. Yeah. She was never, never home. So my cousin would always pick me up, take me, you know, and I would actually watch her kids too. And um, she wasn't doing this to her own children. No, 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 not at all. She was oh, just you. No, just me. And it, oh, that's thoughtful of her. I know. And you know, people were like, "Well, she used to be a stripper too, right?" And I was like, "No, she never did it." So what? Huh? What's well, her story? I would give her money. You know what I mean? But how did this even come conceptualize in her mind that she was going to do this to you? I don't know. Honestly, I haven't talked to her in it. A long time, but it makes my blood boil for you. I know, and shooting this documentary and going you know, about my life, you know, we reached out to her and we have gotten no response because I would just love to see where her head was at. Yeah, like, yeah, yeah. What was, you know, I have t uh, three nieces and two of them are older now. And when I look at them, one is 20, 21, and the other one is 16, and I'm like, how could.
could, yeah. how could a man yeah, yeah. want to dance with a child? Oh, yeah. You know what I mean? It's disgusting. And how could a woman sell out a young woman? Like, yeah. the disconnect there for me is boggling. Yeah. Um, I can't, I can't, I can't even. So, okay, so she's making money from you. So every night when I would finish working, I would give her my money. So two years of me saving my money, I was going to get a car. And she would give me my allowance. What's the percentage? So she would give me like $20, $40 here. But I was making between two to $600. And so she's like, okay, well, here's your allowance. This is how much you get. Well, she was going to open up a bank account for me. And I was going to get a car. And she gave me my money. And I had like almost like 400 and something dollars. That's it. That's it from two years of dancing. And I was like, wait, what? And then she's like, well, what do you think? I picked you up. I took you here. You know, you had to go to the club. I fed you. I put clothes on you. You had to buy stuff for the strip club. And da, da, da. I was like, yeah, but that didn't come. And she's like, what? So I'm not going to get money for myself for doing <gasps> all these things for you? Oh, my God, my God, my God. I know. So, you know, she's definitely my pimp. And she was taking all my money. And this is traffic vocabulary, right? If you're a young girl and you're hearing someone say that tone of conversation to you, red flag. Yeah, it's definitely a red flag. Yeah, I mean, she's essentially, she became my pimp, you know, because she was selling me essentially in the strip club, you know, and... I want to physically hurt her on your behalf. That's a horrible thing to say, but I'm burning. Mm -hmm. I honestly just had a forgive her and just let it go but that's a lot of therapy and healing yeah so did did you put yourself in therapy at some point oh yeah I still go to therapy yeah yeah it's a constant thing that I really have to do especially running a nonprofit because I already feel that I have to be a certain leader for these young girls and be strong for myself because yeah when we teach these girls dance here in LA and overseas you like I feel the pain I feel their connection and they go through so much. I don't want to, like, I always compare myself, but I'm, mm. but I'm like, they just go through so much worse than what I experienced. It's so relative, isn't it? Your own, yeah. your own body just puts it in a place that you can handle. Mm-hmm. But looking at it in someone, like, I'm looking at it going, you are the strongest being. Like, how can you? It's just, you're very impressive to me. Thank you. Very I don't inspiring. feel that, but... That's good. That's good. You wouldn't yeah. do half your good work if you were like, I'm amazing. Yeah. <laughs> um, so let's talk about she is then. Mm-hmm. I want to get back to the grooming because that okay. was that was an interesting point that you were bringing up. I want to know what that looks looks like. Mm-hmm. But I want to talk about what you're doing with with she is out of all of this. Like when did when did that begin for you? This beautiful nonprofit. So when I started getting out of the strip club world, the strip club world, I didn't really have a community of women that were supportive. Like I really wanted to build a relationship with women where we can, you know, grow or Did your friends know? No, oh no, I had a separate life. Like my cuz I went to Debbie Allen Dance Academy. So, which we're going to talk about. Yeah. So I separated <laughs> everything. So nobody knew, you know, what was it, what I was doing at all. Like I kept it, you know. Do you think that that's would you have changed that? Would you, if you could go back, would you change that? No, I don't think that I would still talk about it. Yep, got it. Yeah, I don't think that I would. Um, but I definitely would have a different outlook and a different view about it. Yep. But, um, Toy, what was the question? Yeah, sorry, I threw it. You were like, what? Oh, yeah, she is. So, um, 
I went online and I went to to meetup group or something like that, and I saw this um, women empowerment, you know, meetup stuff that they were gonna have, like a little mixer, and I was like, oh, that's interesting. I want to go to it. So I went. I met the founder, and I was like, you know, if you ever have anything, I would love to help out. If it's like passing out food, wine, I just wanted to really sure. immerse myself in something where it was completely different from my life. So I started volunteering, then I became a board member. So I kind of knew the logistics of how to run a nonprofit. I would teach dance um, at Children of the Night and I would mentor young girls oh. and I just loved it yeah. so much. And I wanted to start a nonprofit where we can just solely focus on teaching dance to girls and expand. Yeah. So in 2014, she is, um, came to light and I started with two board members who are amazing yes and our first year we did a mission trip to Thailand to go teach dance out there oh you started in Thailand mm -hmm. oh lovely I love Thailand it was amazing so we started with Destiny Rescue which we still work closely with them uh -huh. yeah and um they're an international organization where they rescue girls and they restore them and they educate them Destiny Rescue mm -hmm. that's cool so um so that's how we started. We started teaching out here in LA, and then we went overseas, and once a year we do a mission trip out there, and we get to meet the girls. We're out there for two weeks. Mm -hmm. We teach in the morning and at night, because in um, teaching out there, there's phases that the girls go through. So let's say if the girls are rescued right away, uh -huh. they're like in phase one. And you know, a few did take dance class, a few didn't, um, because we didn't know where they were in their um, level of communication or feeling comfortable being with the organization yeah and then we would do level two and three which is where we would teach dance at nighttime to the girls so um we would teach them dance we would teach them it's your routine. favorite i can see I your know, face you so love it <laughs> oh, because you see these girls they're Just so shine. shy oh. but they're so the thing is like with the girls out there it's different from the girls out here uh-huh the girls out here are like tough like, I was tough. Like, nobody can mess with me. You're you born know, in tough. L.A. Yeah, you're like, uh-uh, especially the Valley Girl. Hello. Oh, <laughs> yeah, I, <know. laughs> I mean, I read books about <laughs> girls like you. It's like, that looks so amazing. Yeah, and then the girls out there are just so loving. Like, the trauma that they've experienced from their parents selling them. And, um, oh you my know, God. you have to... You to have make money. To make money it, for them. Uh, yeah, and so it's just like, how can your parents... You know, I get chills every time. You know, sell your your daughter. It just doesn't make sense. Or let's say, you know, your mom marries your, you know, marries your dad. They split up, and then you're left with the daughter, and then you remarry, and then they don't want you anymore. Well, if they don't want you anymore, what are you gonna do? Oh, go work at the the brothel. So they'll work at the brothel oh and make God. money for the parents because no matter what, they have such respect for their family and they're supposed to support their family like the young kids that's what they're supposed to do right. especially the women the women have to support support the family so it's just really backwards out there so when you meet these young girls and you teach them dance you see them so shy and then all of a sudden like uh. they like talk to you they hug you they learn this choreography and they get so excited mm. they get so happy that they can remember this choreography that they can perform and I wish, some videos I wish that I can post, but I can't post them because they can't expose who they are. Yeah. But after they were done dancing, they would go, oh, yeah, I got it, I got it. You know, and they would just like hug each other, would high five. And then making like, oh. friends, like these are girls mm -hmm. that maybe have just arrived. Yeah, and they just have arrived. And so when we're there, we teach them for two weeks. And then I do like a circle with them. And 
I will say two questions, and it would be the first one would be like a really easy question, like what's your favorite color, and the second one would be like, so who's your hero? Uh. And then each day, like I would make it a harder and a harder and harder question, and then I will tell them, you know, my story, just yeah. so we can warm up because they have to be able to trust you, and and they wouldn't, they'd be surprised to hear your story. I'm sure. Oh my God, they were like, me, me, that you've experienced this Such like, connection this happened to you and you know they instantly cry for me oh. and then like I'm crying for them and we would do one-on-one -on -one sessions with them and then I would tell them my experience more and they will open up to me and they'll yeah. talk to me about you know their experiences mm. and I'm just like one girl her mom a psychic told her that um, her she, mom yeah a psychic told her mom that her daughter was useless, and the only thing that she should do is work at a brothel and make money to support you guys. Yeah, I bet she did. Yeah. So what did she do? She took her daughter to the brothel to work, and she was there at age, I think, nine years old. And then she was with um, Destiny Rescue. I think she, they always lie about their age. They'll always say that they're 18, but they're not 18. They're like 13, 14 years old. So because they're embarrassed. You know, they're really embarrassed that, you know, their parents, you know, said to do this and um but no matter how their parents treat them they're like no we have to make money for them i love them it's cultural huh? yeah wow so it's just ugh. and will they go back to their parents when do they stay or are they rehabilitated in a way that they can go get a job in their own have their own life have their own house make their own money like in you know, a legitimate thing that they're proud of or will they actually go back to their families and maybe get stuck doing this again um i think half and half i you know some girls if if they really build a connection with the counselors there because yeah. they, they do they do therapy out there yeah they do therapy and they do group therapy and they teach them like a, a skill to yeah. learn mm -hmm. you know whatever if it's like learning to do hair nails yeah whatever they want to do, they'll help educate them so they don't have to go back there and show them their self-worth. Of course. You know, so they teach them that. And I, I do believe some will go back because that's kind of all they know. And, you know, because for me, my experience is because I always try to, I'm very open-minded when it comes to things. And, you know, when I was stripping for two years, my cousin told me, well, that two years and that's it. That's all you have to do. But no, you're kind of like stuck in this lifestyle and you feel exactly. comfortable. And I met some amazing women in the club who actually kind of took care of me. Yeah. So for them, they have the same thing. Well, why am I going to leave when they take care of me? You know, and why am I going to go home? So it's just like a different situation, but we're all connected. So, you know, that's. That's how it is out there. But that's what's happening with the trafficking, too. Though. Oh, yeah. You know, these poor, you know, boys, girls, you know, adults mm -hmm. have no food or shelter and nowhere to go if mm -hmm. they were to leave their trafficker. Mm -hmm. You know, they're just stuck. <sighs> yeah, there's obviously, um, at the end, I wanted to share there's a bunch of, you know, actions and places you can go on websites and, you know, support that you can give so you can, you know, mm -hmm. be some kind of assistance. Because these people need to know that there's an option for them. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Um, and you go to Cambodia too, which she is? Uh-huh, we go to Cambodia, Thailand and Cambodia. Oh. Yeah, I've also been to Haiti and Mexico. Too. Beautiful. Mm -hmm. And it's all girls that you go and dance with? Is there boys too? 
Um, no boys, um, just girls. Uh, there are boy organizations as well Got because it. it happens to them just as just bad. Just as much, but yeah. The boys don't really like to talk about it. Yeah. Um, but and we do older women too. We yes. teach dance to older women. Right. Right. Da- daughters right. of Cambodia. They have older women that we go and we teach dance to as well. There is horrific trauma, like severe trauma and prolonged PTSD mm-hmm. that goes on with this. How did you, are you, do you still find that you're working toward it or, or like how did you overcome that and how can someone else find their way through that? It's such a heavy burden to bear. Oh, let me tell you, I had therapy this morning. So <laughs> I'm, I think for young girls, like once you say what happens, first of all, you have to hear them and believe them. Yeah. You know what I mean? So once you start to tell your story and let people know, I feel like that's when the healing begins because then you realize that you're not alone. Yeah. Because we attach shame. Yeah. We attach that we're dirty. We're not worthy. We attach so many emotions to this one thing that was not our fault. And we have like a lifetime to deal with this trauma with PTSD. Like I still, I still have my moments. I, I live alone where I have two cats and <laughs> avocado and toast. Um, (laughs) I still check to make sure all the windows are closed, all the doors are locked. But I think that my experiences are uh, feelings of memories that will come over my body and I just go numb instantly. And it's just like me lifting up out of my body and me seeing myself. Uh. So I I feel like when young girls experience this, they freak out, PTSD, they they don't want to feel this way. And... Honestly, that's where suicide comes in, too. Mm. And I think that's a big topic that I learned that I should talk about more in, like, Cambodia and Thailand because there's a lot of suicide out there that I didn't even realize Mm. with these young girls. So I almost tried to commit suicide when I was 15 because I didn't understand what was happening to me. So when I had these PTSD, you know, feelings, that's why I say, like, you need therapy. Like, young kids, if something happens, if you tell your parents, like, parents, please believe them and go to therapy because... I didn't know why I felt this way. I felt uncomfortable. I felt like if the winds blew a certain way, it was like, whoa, what was that feeling? And I didn't, I didn't know at that age that I've I've been sexually abused. I thought it was normal, but we just didn't talk about it, which is extremely, extremely common. Yeah. So when I was 15, I tried to overdose and then I tried to drown myself. That didn't work. I'm here. But mentally, you know, we talk about, we need to talk about mental health more because we, I didn't understand what I was going through. And a lot of these girls don't, and, and boys, like, they don't understand what they're going through. So that's why I think therapy and talking to your parents, like a young child, like, really listen to them yeah. and know that, you know, they need help. I mean, a lot of these kids, right, needed help long before they were trafficked. Yeah. You know, oh, yeah. Yeah, they're in horrible situations. Mm-hmm you know, running away. It's like 90% of those, you know, missing kids in America are just considered endangered runaways, you know, chronically Mm -hmm. disappearing from their homes because they're abused in their homes. Yeah. I mean, we have to be able to... I feel like, you know, it's like (laughs) if you're looking to buy, you know, a red Audi, Mm -hmm. then suddenly the only thing you see on the street is a red Audi. Right. Mm-hmm. If you know what it looks like and you know what to keep an eye out for, like what those signs are, then we're all neighborhood watch, right? Mm-hmm. We're all able to go, huh, 
that looks awfully suspicious. Yeah. You know, mm -hmm. just just simple things. You know that I was reading where it's like if you see a kid that is constantly with uh, an adult that doesn't really seem like a parent, mm -hmm. that's a red flag. Um, obviously, signs of signs of abuse or like you're saying, really shy, really withdrawn. Mm -hmm. um, it can just be as simple as that. I I really have never understood and maybe it's because if there's a you know a, a, tr a, tr a tree that's fallen on a car I'll be the first one to run in mm -hmm. you know but I it always has amazed me like that you know should not my place to say I don't get it it's none of my business really pisses me off yeah I, that's what I don't understand and my mom sent me this video the other day that it was I was like mom you should have sent me a warning about this but it happened in New York in daylight in the train station where a guy was taking uh, you know basically raping a girl in what? front of people and they don't do anything and somebody's filming it they got him on you know they got it it, it he didn't like finish the whole thing but there was like bystanders I'm like why the F, didn't somebody go over there and stop him, push him off? It, it's really disturbing. It, I, I was What's like, that Mom. about? What's that about? Because my husband would be the same. I'd be the same. Yes. Is it just because people are so shocked by it, they wonder if they're actually seeing it? It can't be that. I must be wrong. Because I, 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 I hope that's what it is, because if I was to see that, I would grab that guy and throw him off. Oh, he'd young be girl. bleeding yes. if I was there. No way. That's why I was like, I don't understand. Like, you see people in the background, like, yeah, somebody's filming it, but I don't even know if I could film it. I would throw away my phone and I would exactly. be like, let me help this young exactly. girl. Exactly. And that's the thing that I, I, I think that I wanted to talk about the most the fact that we don't know and we're happy to put our little heads under the sand. I mean, it goes for a lot of things that are yeah. happening in the world, but these are children. These are kids. These are children. You know, it just, it's, oh, I, I don't get it either. I don't get it. Yeah. <laughs> so if you're one of those people, <gasps> can you just wake the fuck up, please? Yeah. <laughs> and it, it, there is no, ever anything wrong that you could do if you're if you're wrong and it's a misguided uh a, a misunderstanding no problem mm -hmm. sorry i thought i was coming to your aid i just thought i was going to come and do a nice thing yeah. but there is it, it you're uh, you're less of a human being and less of a an answer to, to a solution and less of a, a you know a, a brother and a sister mm -hmm. and, a, and a human being if you just sit there and do nothing shame on you mm -hmm. shame on you and if that's happening next door, you know, it's it's just I think we're we're done with that forties mentality yeah. of like, oh well, the Jones's business, no, none, none of my business. I think those days are done. Mm -hmm. I think those days are done. Oh, sorry, it makes me. Uh, I know. I get really. I'm really hot now. So, dancing. <clears throat> I'm a dancer. I was a professional dancer. Um, and I wanted to, I understand how, when you talk about it, I mean, you were trained, you're Juilliard and you're Alvin Ailey um, and Debbie Allen. Like these were like the most famous names in my childhood life. Mm -hmm. I dreamed, I researched going to Juilliard. Like you have my dream life. 
you know, I would have I would have killed to have, you know, been in your shoes, mm -hmm. you know, so know that, you know, and I understand what dance can do. And I, I just commend you on on using that as your tool, mm -hmm. you know, because it's it's the thing that taught me how to feel sexy. If that was a thing when I was young, it taught me how to go, oh, that was a, a feeling that I had where I went, oh, I love that shape that I make. Mm -hmm. You know, I, 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 you know, the confidence and the, to touch your body and enjoy that it has an expression that can be translated. Mm -hmm. So, I mean, you're the perfect person to do this for these young girls. What what's been some of the success stories that dance has given to some of the girls that you've worked with? Um, well, Julia and Avanelia did a summer program there, so I didn't go there for that long. Doesn't matter. <laughs> it doesn't matter. Um, I went to the Kimber Kid Dance School. Have you heard of them? Yeah, I would okay. never. <laughs> He's super famous in Australia. <laughs> That's not really. Um, so what does dance do for them? Or Yeah. It just brings them so much joy and it brings them so much confidence and ownership of their body. Mm. When you dance, like you said, like you just to know that your body is yours and nobody else's, this, that's what I want to teach these young girls. Mm -hmm. like, nobody can take that away from you, and no matter the experience that you had and which is really shitty, but when you dance it's just like your endorphins like they just feel so connected to the mm. music to the movement and they get so happy that that joy is just why i do what we do yeah i just i love it so much it's shown a lot in the documentary that you have coming out what's mm -hmm. the title of the documentary is it she is yes okay yeah i saw a little bit of a, a little mm -hmm. sizzle can i play it can i show it in the in the youtube a little bit absolutely oh. you can show it i just remember looking up at the popcorn ceiling and just like trying to count the stars or i didn't really know what was happening The sexual abuse started at five years old throughout my whole childhood. I didn't understand what I was going through. There was nobody that I could talk to. So I just didn't want to live anymore. When I was in dance class, I just loved the way the music felt. I loved feeling free, letting the music take over my body. This is mine, it's not anybody else's. Dance connects your soul with your spirit and your mind, just really working through your trauma. just in LA and then we've expanded to Southeast Asia. When a girl comes into our care there is a lot of emptiness. 
there is a lot of PTSD that comes with this. It is hard for the girls to build trust after. The reason why I started She Is, I was sexually abused. Dance was the only time that I could feel like myself. Can they relate to me? I'm still in it also. So this is the room where the abuse started. I just wish it never happened to me. I wish my life was different because I would be different. I wouldn't have to feel ashamed or alone. I know what these girls are going through. I know how they feel. They feel lost. They feel ashamed. I just want to take all the girls help them, be there for them. I wish she's not alone and I love you. <laughs> you don't have to answer that, but I remember. We see them grow within two weeks. We're talking photographs, love. And they're so proud of themselves that they actually remember this choreography and it gives them confidence. The pain in my chest is maddening, yeah. And we're talking heart attacks, love. To just see uh, the joy on their faces, even when the music just begins, it has been phenomenal to see the girls look forward to it, the way that she has come in, full of energy, full of life. It brings the girls to life. And the record is on, and the music is good, and there's little to say. As hard as it is, I know that there's a purpose in all of it. I knew that I was supposed to share my experiences. That's what I'm here to do. I've got crazy love. I mean, so Susanna, she's um, our uh, the director for the documentary. Uh -huh. I always wanted, I was always fascinated with documentaries, yeah. and you know, there's so many documentaries that are out there that we can educate ourselves mm -hmm. about sex trafficking and sexual abuse and what happens. And you know, so I always knew that I wanted people to really see what we did, mm -hmm. like how much of a difference we are making to these young girls. So when I told Zoo, I was like, "Hey, do you want to direct?" Um, you know, she is, and, you know, film us teaching out here and in Cambodia, and, you know. And so she took it on, and um, it's beautiful. so beautiful. She did such a great job. My whole team, we all worked together to make this film, and it's just, I'm so grateful, and I can't wait for everybody to see it. Because <laughs> you really get to see what we're doing. Yeah. You know, and, and for me... When somebody says that, oh, I want to donate money to a nonprofit, an organization, a charity, 
it's like I really want them to see where it's going to. Yeah, right. And it's really going to helping us with these young girls who, you know, because when they get, when they have been sold and trafficked and abused, their aftercare is so important because they could commit suicide. They could, you know, end up in worse situations, but they got out and they really need their mind, their body, and their spirit to be healthy. Mm -hmm. So that's what these organizations are doing and that's why we teach dance to these young girls. So you get to see it. I want people to realize that this is a global issue and we need to really be educated about it and that it does happen and to talk to, to your children mm -hmm. and let them know if something happens, you have to tell me. <sighs> you know. What's the solution? Like, how would we stop this? The pessimist in me is like women have been, you know, mistreated and used for sex for so long. Mm -hmm. The fact that it's happening to boys and everybody now too, but how do we, how, is this stoppable? Oh, that's such a hard question because I really, I really, really want it's a stop. I wish it never existed. If of I had course. one wish, it would be that mm. this never existed. Mm. Do I think that it would stop? No, I don't. I do believe that we need to be really educated and talk to our kids. So hopefully that's if there was a time to happen <clears throat> that it could. But there are bad people out there that, you know, do this. Yeah. And it's just horrible and disgusting and... Um, I can't believe they it's do like, it. Yeah, I can't say yes. I uh, no, I don't. I don't think it will. It will. But we are here to help them when it does, and that we're going to support them. And you know, you mentioned you know. about the dark web before. I wouldn't even know what to type in to find the dark web. And I wouldn't even know either. I don't even know. Huh? www oh, dark. dark web backslash child. I mean, what the af? I wouldn't even want to. I'd be terrified. So what what what's happening there? Like, that's the most horrific thing mm -hmm. that that it even exists. And you know, we had Backpage, which it was, you know, we could look at that more. But what's now, Backpage? Backpage was kind of like the dark web where they would sell, you know, traffic. Uh, they would traffic young children, traffic young girls, boys. So these are kids that they've kidnapped, and mm -hmm. they're in their possession. Yeah, but they wouldn't say it. But it would be there. But they closed down Backpage, so it's like when that closed down, then you know, Ugh. other websites, you know, or there's a fans only now, which I just learned about because we, that's a pornography site. Fans only is is another resource for sex trafficking, also, which I learned from a nonprofit where we teach dance, and I was like, wait, I've heard that before, so. Yeah, it's called fans, fans only, or only fans. <laughs> Whatever is the what? thing. I don't, I don't understand. Yeah, it's very sad to me too that this is getting worse and worse with this pandemic. Like whenever there's, you know, a war or an uprising mm -hmm. or a pandemic, like there's these crazy statistics where trafficking yeah. goes through the roof. Like one of the first things. I know it's is domestic violence and trafficking. Mm -hmm. Why, Why is that? Why is you're that? You're home. You can't go anywhere. So you just want to beat your wife 
and sell your kid? Huh? Disgusting. They're disgusting human beings. <sighs> I don't understand that human beings can be so extraordinary. Mm -hmm. And then this desperation just loses your morals. If someone wanted to donate to mm -hmm. She Is, mm -hmm. I know that you're looking for some money to finish this documentary. Yes, we um, are. We're going to share a link to that mm -hmm. um, at the bottom of the YouTube uh, comments. Um, is there anything that you wanted to say to anyone who might be thinking about donating? Thank you. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I always get shy doing That's why I have my event coordinator, Aaron. I'm terrible like, at it, too. Oh, I'm like, Aaron, you do your thing. I'm just going to be over here and <laughs> work on my speech. So, um, yeah, just, you know, anything, we appreciate it. And, you know, if, if anything, I just, the main thing is I really want people to educate themselves on what is really happening and don't shy away from this. Is there resources that you know that you could send people to? Um, yeah, I can give you a few links. That would be great. Yeah, there's yeah. OUR Rescue, there's RAIN. R-A-I-N. N. R-A-I-N. RAIN. Oh, R-A-I-N-N. Yeah, right. yeah. Got it. I was like, yeah. <laughs> I'm spelling it right. Um, <laughs> N-N. Okay. Innocence. There's a lot, so I'll give you. Um, yeah, that would be great if we could mm -hmm. list them down at the bottom. So if you go to the Therese Livingston YouTube channel. Um, there'll be those hot links there for you. Um, your book is coming out soon too. Yes, I know. Oh. Is this a biography? It's a memoir. It's a memoir. Mm -hmm. And you get really greedy with it, don't you? Oh my God, I tell it all in there. Oh. You're going to make me cry when I read it, aren't you? Yes. For sure. Uh-huh. Yep. So it comes out October 5th. I'm really excited. Congratulations. You know, nervous, but I really hope that if somebody picks it up and if you know they needed it, they needed to hear it, they know what I've been through, they've been through the same thing, and if they can really just shed some light and mm -hmm. hope within themselves that they're not alone, mm -hmm. and um, you know, whatever they're going through, if they just lift them up, that's all that it really matters to me. Are you speaking to when your book says its words? Are you speaking to? A 16-year-old young girl? Mm -hmm. Okay. Yeah. The 16-year-old young girl that lives in all of us. Yes, yes, absolutely. Mm. Mm. Oh, I love that. Made me cry. So uh, there's a, w some wonderful uh, resources online. <clears throat> the National Human Trafficking Hotline mm -hmm. um, in America. It's one 888 You're allowed to report your suspicion. You can mm -hmm. be anonymous. If you see something or know something of somewhere, it does not hurt to just make a phone call. And um, you never know, you might have just saved a, a young boy or a, or a young girl or, you know, these mm -hmm. like, young LGBTQ boys and girls who are having a rough time are massive targets yeah. at the moment. And uh, it doesn't cost you anything just to be thoughtful, mm -hmm. right? So there's a number. Um, keep your eye out for the for the signs. Of course, you can go to a bunch of. Uh, all you gotta do is Google it, sex trafficking, oh, yeah. and you will be taken to some really great resources, and so you can understand the signs to look for in adults as well as kids. Mm -hmm. Adults are sometimes the hardest. Oh yeah. The police are saying that they can never get them out of that situation unless an adult. I mean, there might even be immigrants who aren't you know documented here. You yeah. know, so they're terrified of the law and unless they cooperate with the law uh, an adult who is in a situation like that is nearly impossible to emancipate 
unless they involve themselves, which is really sad to hear. Mm -hmm. Unless mm -hmm. they themselves stick their necks out, they're never going to get out of this. Yeah. We teach at, um, in Cambodia, Daughters of Cambodia, and they're older women, and you can feel their pain, like, Ugh. in their eyes. It just, like, reeks, like, off their skin, and it's so hard because they are the hardest because they've been through so much and nobody's ever helped them. Ugh. So that, yeah, it's really hard. My God. Um, Look, <coughs> really hard to have that conversation, isn't it? <coughs> so, yeah, I feel so terrible that they had to experience that. Mm -hmm. But now you hear raising awareness about it. Yeah, so. yeah, so as I, <laughs> Get myself together. <laughs> it's fine. You let it out. That's what I learned. <laughs> oh, sorry. You'll have to just excuse me while I have a little cry and send my goodbyes to everybody. <laughs> uh, these tough conversations are where our future lies. It's where... Uh, I don't even know if I can do the closing. Oh, no. <laughs> I'm going to get it together. <laughs> it's okay. Thank you. <laughs> So it's these tough conversations, whether it be about sex trafficking or some abuse that you're experiencing, whether it's through you or, or, or you know, on behalf of someone else. I mean, it's these conversations that are the salvation for, you know, everybody, for not only yourself, doing a good deed to get someone out of trouble. Gosh, it feels like, you know, it feels like just the most special feeling to be of service to others. And, you know, having these conversations is direly important for people who need people like you to stand up mm -hmm. and be a stand for other people. Um, thank you for doing all that you're doing for these young girls and these, these women. And uh, I wish you every success. Um, yeah, I'm, I'm going to say I'm really proud of you. <laughs> it's so weird. Thank you, Salami. Thank you for having me and, you know, really wanting to talk about this issue. Yeah. It's important. And you're doing a great job. Yeah. Sorry, I, I can't. No, yeah. it's okay. <laughs> really, really got me to think about what, you know, you went through and all these girls went through. Anyway, um, I love you all. Everyone has the, uh, the right um, to be extraordinary and to be free. Uh, Never take it for granted and um, stay extraordinary. Love you all so much. Isabella Grasso! <laughs> where's, <Yeah>. my... <laughs> where's my... Where's my applause? <laughs> Extraordinaire Now's the time to share